Good evening, Olive. I know your speaker's off. Okay. Hi, Aaron. Hey there, Dad. Bummed. I'm not sounding bummed. Yeah, you sounded bummed. I might be tired, probably. I'm on four hours of sleep, so, you know, I'm a little tired. It's plenty for you. Ah, I'm here. There you go. Rest in the Lord. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, nowhere in the Bible, see, we have this, we have this conception, we have this idea in our minds. Because all the doctors have told us that we need a certain amount of sleep in order to renew our bodies, right? And then maybe we need eight hours sleep, or some of them say nine hours sleep, and some of them say a minimum of six hours sleep, and that's the health thing for your body, but that's nowhere in the Bible. And the Bible is the instruction book for us and for these bodies, right? God gives us every kind of instruction how to take care of these bodies. He tells us how to eat and what not to eat and, and, and tells us about exercise. He negates exercise. He says, you know, exercise profits you, but it profits you very little, right? And, and he tells us all of these things, and he tells us over and over not to be a lover of sleep. And, and in fact, all the health that we can get is garnered through obedience to God's word. Honoring our mother and father, it'll go well with us. We'll live a long life, right? Um, and and, and when, we, when we sleep, we can rest, we can rest in him. We can rest in him. There was a doctor um, when I was young that proved this theory that really all of our bodies needed was to, sh was to reboot once a day. And so every day he would sit in a chair and he would go to sleep with a big metal spoon in his hand. And when the spoon fell out of his hand, he would get up and work again. So he would sleep for like two or three, four, five minutes until the spoon fell out of his hand for a, a, out of a whole day. And <clears throat> And I believe that in a, in a perfect scenario, when we are synced up with God, when we get the right perspective on God's word, when we totally trust God's word and we trust God, that our bodies can be renewed in strength in accordance with God's word. I truly believe that. Okay. The, uh, the, the, the pastor that, preaches faith uh, trying to think of his name the courses that I took at Rima Rima Bible College Kenneth Hagan mm -hmm. okay so Kenneth Hagan senior everybody knows this his son talks about it his son his grandson talks about it it's in all of his books he used to stay up all night reading the Bible and he'd get up and go to work the next day and if somebody would ask him, man, aren't you going to get some sleep? He would say, the Lord is the strength of my life. 
and because he believed, he truly believed in God's word. Now there's all these people, there's all these people that came after him and they took his doctrine and they, and they manipulated it and they turned it into the name it and claim it. And, you know, and all of these things about money, right? But, but none of them, none of them that I know of have ever had the dedication that day in, day out for years and years and years and years did they spend every night with the Lord. This guy would go put his children to sleep at night and he'd go sit at his desk and read his Bible. And when the kids got up in the morning, he'd still be sitting there reading his Bible. So he never slept for years? He would sleep very, very little. Oh. Very, very little. Because he got a hold of God's word. You know? And I think that as time has gone on, it has become harder and harder for us to believe God's word, to get settled with God's word and the truth of God's word, because our heads are so mixed up with the lies of the world. And all of these lies of the world exalt themselves against God's word. Everything that's going on, it exalts itself against God's word. And we don't realize it. Every, every, every generation, there are fewer and fewer people that realize it because why? They don't read their Bibles. They don't know Jesus. They don't know the word. And if they don't know the word, if they don't know Jesus, then they can't know, they can't possibly know when something is exalting itself against the word. And so we grow up literally for decades believing that what the doctors say is true and, and that, well, they all want what's good for us. It is what seems right to us, right? It seems like it's perfectly healthy. Look at the, I sent everybody a video today. I sent everybody a YouTube video link. Look at the lawsuit that just came out today. So they proved, they proved, first of all, Bill Gates, Dr. Fauci, all these evil evil cabal people they've had their hands in every single vaccine not just in america but all over the world for 40 years for 40 years and so they 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 go into court and they just ask them okay just one of the vaccines whether it's hepatitis or 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 whatever it is okay take any one of those vaccines and show us your testing procedures so that you you have a test procedure that proved that it was safe before you gave the vaccine. They have none. They have none. They have they have caused autism. They have killed hundreds of thousands of children. Hundreds of thousands of children. They've slaughtered people in Africa. Look. These, these vaccines, when you go get a flu shot, when you take your free quote-unquote flu shot, there's, there's cyanide in your flu shot. There's human urine and pig urine in your flu shot. Why would pig urine and, and, and human urine be in your, pig, in, in your flu shot? Well, what medical benefit could that possibly have? And yet, every time that somebody brought anything like this up, they would say, oh, conspiracy theory, he's got a tinfoil hat on. Well, now, now the court says otherwise. 
But for 40 years, they were injecting children all over the world with these diseases, with these experimenting. Well, all the while, they never gave their own children a single vaccination. Their own children never took a single shot. But they gave it to all of ours. So the good thing that came out of COVID is that they overplayed, they overplayed their hand. And now the whole world is digging in. The whole world is investigating. The jig is up. The whole world is looking. And we're not going to be their guinea pigs anymore. We're not going to take our babies and stick needles full of poison in our babies anymore. And if they don't want our children to go to school, if they don't take the poison into their bodies, then we just won't take our children to those schools anymore. The world is waking up. But, but, but how did we get here? How did we get here? I, I, you know, politics aside and all this thing, how did we get to this point? You know how we got to this point? Because people don't read their Bibles. People don't realize the evil that is in this world, the depravity of the evil that is in this world. Listen, there are, there are literally thousands of fallen angels in this world right now. Demons. They are in this world right now. And if we say that we believe in Jesus, and we say that we believe in God, then we also have to believe that those demons are here. We cannot pick and choose parts of God's word for us to believe. And if there are thousands and thousands of these demons here on the earth right now, those demons are spiritual beings, just like the angels are, just like God is. And just like we yield ourselves up as a vessel to Holy Spirit, there are people in this world who yield up their bodies as a vessel to those spirits. Do you guys remember a story in the Bible where this town rebelled against Jesus? They wanted Jesus to leave. They wanted him out, you know, and his disciples said, Lord, what do you want us to do? Say the word and we'll call down fire on him. Anybody remember that story from the Bible? Is that after he um, exercises two demons out of the guys and uh, pigs jump off of a cliff? No, this is actually a different part in Nazareth, okay? It, where, where they wanted to stone Jesus. They wanted to stone him, okay? And, and Jesus walks out of the middle of them like he turns invisible. And he walks right through them. They can't see him, okay? And, and when they're leaving town, the disciples want to call down fire on this town. Destroy them all, okay? And Jesus says... You do not know what kind of spirit you are. In other words, he is saying, number one, there's multiple types of spirits. Okay. And one type of spirit definitely would call down fire on that city. But the type of spirit that we are when we're born again is not the type of spirit that would that would try to destroy all of those people because they are driven by a type of spirit. 
what I'm saying is, what I'm prefacing is, if we understood, if we lived lives, if we lived lives wholly and totally committed to Jesus Christ, if we lived lives that we sought to be educated by the Holy Spirit, we sought God's face in his word every day. If we renewed our minds daily to the word of God, like he tells us to, we would walk through the world every day realizing that there is a spiritual war going on all around us, all around us. Some of you, my children might remember years back that I used to tell you guys when I was young I had a recurring dream. I had a dream that occurred over and over and over again. Okay? In that dream, I actually had a couple of them, but in one of those dreams, I was on a battlefield. And on that battlefield, I was, I was standing on piles and piles of dead bodies. And I was still fighting. I was still fighting some enemy that I couldn't ever make out their face. But I was still fighting, but I, was st I knew that I was standing on a field of dead bodies. Just as far as you could see, there was dead bodies. And, and when I stopped in the dream and I stopped and looked down, I realized that I was standing on a pile of bodies that were, that were people. I didn't recognize any of their faces, but inside of me, I knew it was people I love. And, and so I, I want to tell you guys this, this is a spiritual, this, this, this is, it is not, that is not a natural message. That is a spiritual message. You know, many times God speaks to children, especially at, when they're at the age where they're, you know, having changes in their bodies. God speaks to children just like God spoke to the prophet Samuel. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli and he said, Eli, Eli, did you call me? And Eli was like, no, go to sleep. And so Samuel went back to sleep. And God goes and, 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 and calls Samuel again. says, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel wakes up, runs to Eli and says, Eli, did you call me? Eli says, Samuel, go back to sleep. You know, in the third time when Samuel comes and wakes up Eli, Eli realizes that it's God that is calling Samuel. And he tells Samuel, the next time you hear it, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And then God came and stood there and gave Samuel a message, you know, Um. But in today's day and age, if one of my children, if, if one of our children came and woke us up and said, Dad, did you call me? No, go back to sleep. An hour later, Dad, did you call me? <coughs> Next time, go back to sleep. Stop it. I'm going to beat you half to death. I got to work in the morning. You know, if the kid comes to me again and says, Dad, did you call me? Take him to the doctor tomorrow. Put him on medication. 
This is what we do. We destroy our children because of our lack of understanding of the spiritual things. We not only refuse to hear the word of God, the voice of God for ourselves, but steal it from our children. God's word says he, he laments, he cries out, he's grieving, and he says, my people perish for their lack of understanding. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You know, I get I get frustrated if one of my children asks me something. I say, did you read the instructions? And, you know, every one of you, all my children that are on right now, you all know the answer. Oh, no, sir. Or I looked at it. Yeah, that's your way of saying, yeah, I looked at the cover. I didn't pick it up. Hmm? And yet, and yet God gave us an instruction book. He gave us an instruction book to cover every single circumstance, every offensive move, every defensive move. He, he, he told us how to walk in his perpetual blessing. He told us how to walk in covenant. He told us how to understand the attacks of the enemy, how to recognize them for what they are and what we should do with each one of them. He gave us everything we need. And yet every great and mighty God, every great and mighty man of God that gets some revelatory understanding of God's word and goes and teaches it to everybody else, that guy still only has a tiny picture of the revelation that's available to us in God's word. Why can't we ever get the full revelation? It is because fathers did not teach the revelation to their sons. And then their sons did not continue to read the instruction book and get further revelation and teach all those revelations to their sons. And then their sons get the revelations of their grandfather and the revelation of their father. And they get their own revelation because of their dedication and their heart is in dialed in to God's word. You see, we, we have gotten further and further and further off the track, the further we have gone away from God's word. And the second one of us falls down in that, it all, it all starts all over again. Everything is lost. Everything is lost. And then the next one starts all over again. And surely, surely, there are those children who hear their father teach all these things, but they don't allow any of it to settle in their hearts. And so when they go out and they start a family, they fall away from God's word, just like the seed that fell into the shallow soil. The second that things get bad, they shrivel up and they die in their faith. They got no roots. They have no roots. And, and so my, my, my message to the family tonight, and I know every once in a while I just get away from our Bible study and I give you a rant because I want to encourage you because there's something pressing on my heart. 
and I, and and if that if that if if that irritates anyone, please understand that my first and foremost goal is to teach my family, is to teach my children, and I realize sometimes when I'm studying God's word, I realize, oh my gosh. I wish, I so wish somebody would have taught me these things. I wish somebody would have taught me these things. I lost decades and decades of my life. I taught my own children all wrong. I destroyed other people's lives. I, I destroyed, I was part of that, of the part of the destroying of other people's lives. There there are people in my past that I contributed to their destruction. I failed to teach them the truth of God's word. There are people that, that my wife has taken up the assignment to pray for them. The, the, the regret of your life would be the, the worst regret that you can have in your life is when you come to know Jesus, when you come to know how much God loves you, the greatest regret that you can have is to realize that he was standing right next to you with his arms wide open for decades and you never knew it. Not only did you not know it, but you were busy scattering everybody else away from him too the whole time that he was standing there. It is a grievous burden to bear. Every single day, you will feel the weight of it pressed down upon your soul and urge you forward along the path of redemption. We must understand that when we came to the revelation of Jesus Christ, or when we come to the revelation of Jesus Christ, that we die to sin. I know that's very hard, especially for teenagers to understand. It's this simple. It's very simple. It's very simple. You have to change the way that you think and realize it's very, very hard for because teenagers are very vain. Teenagers are very vain. They're very subject to vanity at that age. We all were when we were teenagers. So I'm not just pointing at my, my two teens that are on right now. Okay. But every one of us was vain, and some people never, ever did grow out of their vanity. There are people that live their whole lives with that vanity that they pick up when they're a teenager. Let me, let me tell you, it is very difficult for you to understand, but when you look in the mirror, that is not who you are. If you have accepted Jesus Christ... You are a spiritual being. Now, is it okay for you to take care of your car? Of course it is. 
there's there's nothing wrong with you wanting to have a healthy car a healthy vehicle so you know that you want your body to be in 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 good shape there's nothing wrong with that but the the wrong comes in when you start thinking that that body is who you are when you start identifying yourself with that body then you you you've lost your way as soon as you start thinking that you cannot get the, any of the rest of the revelations. You, 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 you cannot receive the rest of the revelations until you get your identity in Christ. Until you understand your identity in Christ. There is a spiritual everything around us. There is another realm all around us. And all the things that we touch are made up of the things... All the things that we see are made up of things that we can't see. Okay, so let's electrons or protons or whatever, particles or quarks or whatever, whatever you want, however small you want to go to help you get your head wrapped around it, go ahead. Okay? But everything around you, everything, everything that you can see, touch, feel, smell are all made up of things that you cannot see touch, feel, or smell, okay? And just like they are made up of tiny little particles, you also are a particle, a piece of Jesus Christ. You also are a part of Jesus. Only on a more important level. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to say that you're like a piece of plastic on the cover of the salt shaker. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that it, you, you, you have to understand that even though Jesus is in all and everything that is, is made of him and was made by him, that you are his body. Not his arena, not his environment. You are the body of Christ. When you accept Jesus, you're part of his body. We are supposed to be one in Jesus Christ. Whew, man, it's a tall order to get your head wrapped around that, to understand that, because the world teaches us to be individuals and teaches us to be all for ourselves. And teaches us to excel and achieve over other people. And, and all these things. But, but, but like I said, the world's knowledge exalts itself against God. And everything Jesus teaches is the exact opposite of that. Very, very difficult. Very, very difficult to pick up your cross and follow Jesus. But that's where we are. And I'll tell you now, family, if you look around and you pay attention to what's going on in the world, at the evil that is being exposed, I promise you this. I prophesied this many times. I'm going to tell you. I told you this would come out, and it's all coming out now. All these truths are coming out now. And, I, and, and I'm telling you, there's going to be evil exposed that we 
we have never seen in the history of the world. There's going to be evils exposed that are going to shock you and appall you. But I hope against hope that if there is enough evil exposed in this world, that the, that the, that the world will wake up and turn back to the one true God. That we will turn our hearts back to the one true God. That we will realize that the only way that evil got as prolific as it did is because we were not doing our job keeping watch. Lots of people say, well, how could we have known, right? How could we have known? Well, we could know. Oh, we could know who the wicked people were, who the people were that took a demon inside of them. We can know because we'll know them by their fruits. We'll know them by their fruits. A bad tree produces bad fruit. A wicked tree produces wicked fruits. So, yes. We'll be held held to account. We knew. Whether we denied it or not, whether we argued it away, whether we explained it away and we tried to convince ourselves it wasn't true. That's... I don't think that's an argument before Jesus. I don't think so at all. Because he gave us a clear directive and he told us exactly how to see it. He even equipped us with the Holy Spirit so that we have discernment if we would just listen. We have to turn back to being a spiritual people. We have to find our way back to the church 2,000 years ago and be the spiritual people. So that when when Ananias and Sapphira come in and they're telling a lie, you're not worried about their money. It's not about the money. Do whatever you want with the money. It was all your stuff in the first place. What you're worried about is the coming in and the lie, the lie that exalts itself against Christ. It's the lie that matters. It's not the content. It's the assumption that that lie can overcome Jesus Christ. It's this the assumption that that lie is so good that it even fools Holy Spirit. That's where the problem is. And every single one of us is guilty is guilty of mixing up lies in our faith. We twist it just a little bit. We change something just a hair here or just a hair there. And we render the word of God powerless when we do that. We make it dead. If we want to see the days of the powerful church, if you want to see the supernatural, if you want to see the days come that we are no longer dependent on medicine and doctors and their lies and their deception and they're using us as pigs and using us as human subjects test animals they look at us like cattle cattle 
you guys see the news that broke yesterday that the NIH, the National Institute of Health and Safety, the government uses, been giving them billions and billions of dollars. They have a, a division called the Human Testing Division. And the woman that runs the Human Testing Division is Dr. Fauci's wife. And we're all listening to these people and doing what they're telling us to do. Every piece of advice that they are giving us is making our immune systems weaker so that they can make billions and billions more dollars pumping us full of poisonous vaccinations that they can sell to the government and make mandatory by law. And, and I'm not doing this for, I'm not speaking all these things as from a political perspective. I'm speaking these things into the body of Christ. I'm saying it's, you know, it, it, if we were the kind of church that was there 2,000 years ago, we would have never been fooled. They would have never pulled this off on us. The second they tried to do this, we would have listened to the Holy Spirit and said, stop right there. You're lying to me. We would have known the lie. God wrote the knowledge of truth on our hearts. It's in our DNA. That's how we came to know Christ in the first place. Because when we heard the truth, we knew it. But we are so accustomed to being politically correct. We are so accustomed to trying not to offend people by telling them that what they're saying is not true. By calling them a liar. We're so afraid of offending people that we have allowed lies and deception and we have quieted the voice of the Holy Spirit within us. We've thrown a blanket over Holy Spirit and said, be quiet, be quiet, you're going to offend people. We have to get back to our roots. We have to quit playing at being Christians. If we're going to be Christians, we have to be all in. We have to go all in. Let's say our prayers. Father, thank you for this evening just to listen to the exhortation to, of your word, to, to ponder these things, Lord God, to let your to let your word and your way hammer on our souls. To help us to, to think, to stir up, stir up things within us so that we think or we hear the voice of Holy Spirit so that we can discern the truth, Lord God, so that we can think our way through these things with the knowledge and wisdom that you wrote on us when you created us. You have equipped us. You do not leave your children victim. You gave us all that we need. And we're perishing because of our ignorance and because of our laziness and because we'd rather spend time listening to the TV than listening to the Holy Spirit. We'd rather spend time letting other people give us, give us advice than we would seeking your advice lord god these things should not be so help us lord god give us boldness grant to your church boldness 
a boldness of faith, and a yearning desire for your word. Help your church to be renewed. Let your bride be spotless and come before the bridegroom without mar, without spot. As we go to sleep tonight, Lord, we pray that you'd watch over and keep us and let us not be led astray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Love you. Good night. Love you. Good night, guys. Love you.